Right here. Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want him? Yeah. guys welcome back to the redneck tech podcast going to be doing a screen recording on this one i've um, got a couple questions about time lapses i don't have i've not actually went out and shot a brand new time lapse um here recently but i am going to do a how to shoot a time lapse more specifically night lapse in the near future because i've gotten a lot of questions about it um and I've talked to people about it a million times, and it's not that hard. You know, it's hard. It's kind of daunting when you first go to shoot one, trying to figure out the settings, trying to figure out uh, what the you know the ISO needs to be, shutter speed, all that good stuff. And that's it's all usually for me when I do them in the right situation, which is away from you know light pollution, you know big security lights, headlights. That kind of thing, which those type of things can be used to be cool too. But a lot of times when you've got a really dark sky, especially here in the southeast, there's a lot of noise pollution or noise pollution, a lot of light pollution. So you have to run a really slow shutter, like 25, 30 second shutter speed. So you want to try and keep it away from as much light as you can. Um, really what a night lapse comes down to, in my opinion, is what how you set up the shot, foreground, background, you know, looking up at the sky, what's... What do you see in the frame? You know, is it dynamic? Is it moving? Uh, does it have depth? All that good stuff. But to try and keep it kind of simple, I am going to show you the back end process. Once you've shot your pictures, what you need to do next. And I recommend shooting your time lapse or your night lapse off your DSLR in RAW. And uh, you'll see these pictures that I'm about to bring in have already been colored and edited. I'm pretty much just showing you the process because I went through everything I have and I cannot find for the life of me a raw lapse that I haven't exported. Because what I do is once I export the lapse, I get rid of the raw pictures and the colored pictures once I have my quick time of the lapse just because it saves a lot of space. So here's what you do. First things first, you've got your lap shot. We are going to open our Lightroom, and I'm also assuming that you have the Adobe Creative Cloud and you understand Lightroom. But if you don't, that'll be another that'll be another uh, lesson for another day. But learn Lightroom; it'll make your life so much easier. So here is the process. So we're going to import. We're going to go to, oh, I've got a bunch of pictures. Users, Copeland, desktop, and we're going to pull that truck laps in. And he's gonna pull in all these pictures. So that's a, it's a lapse that I shot in Colorado uh, this fall. So I'm gonna pull all these in. These have already been pre-colored, but I'm showing you the process from start to finish on how I do this. And, like I said, this isn't the only way, and actually the way I do it is several more steps than a lot of guys do, just because it takes a lot longer. So we got our we got all our pictures in here. First thing we're gonna do is we're gonna go to the first one, or we're gonna make sure that there's not pictures in here we don't want. Like sometimes you forgot uh, when you're taking your pictures to create a new folder in your camera. 
So there's pictures in here that you might not want in here. So make sure you get all those out. But what we're going to do is we're going to start with the first image. Going to go to develop. All right, so here's our first image. And this is after heavy editing. It was really, really yellow, orangish. And I really wanted to make those stars pop. So what I did to make this happen, and I might can enhance it a little bit, is you know, pull that clarity up. But once you start pulling that clarity up, you're going to start seeing some grain in here. Uh, you know, get rid of some of those shadows, maybe make it pop a little bit more. Highlights, see the highlights down here on the truck. Maybe get some of those down a little bit. Mess with our color temperature. We can make it really blue and seem cold. We can uh, make it brighter. We can get rid of that blue. I mean, there's just a lot of things that we can do. So we're, that, that looks pretty close. And for the sake of this uh, tutorial, that's probably where I'm going to stay. Maybe give it a little vignette. Kind of pull your eyes in. So I'm happy with this image. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go back to library. And that photo is still selected. So I want to take the settings off of this picture and copy them to all of these. So with this picture selected, I'm going to hit Command A. And that's going to select all of them. Then I'm going to go right here to this little button called Sync Settings. Sync Settings. And I'm going to hit Synchronize. Boom. And it's going to start populating. You'll see it start populating all these images. I used to think you had to wait for that population to, to finish before you could export but you don't. So next thing, once it gets through here, we're going to go File, Export, and we want to tell it where to go. We're just going to put it on the desktop for now. Let's go desktop. We're going to go uh, Truck Laps 2. Sounds great. Choose, and we're going to export. Boom. Alright, now I'm not going to go through the whole process of exporting this because I've already exported it. See, and it'll take a while to export 181 files which isn't quite enough I don't feel like for a long enough night lapse but this is one of those that we didn't have a whole lot of time so that's what we did so that's what you do once you you get your pictures you wait for them to get finished through this process but we're not gonna wait for that to finish because like I said we have already done this so we're going to quit Lightroom it's probably gonna fail on me no skip this time all right, next thing we're going to do is we are going to open our template, which I've talked to you guys about templates before. Um, I've created a template for this process of editing to where once I open this project, I'll know that all of my information, all of my sequence settings, all my everything is correct. So. Let me fix my window here because I'm not used to editing in one screen. But for this, I'm going to do it. So, all right, we've got this open. We've got a sequence. Everything's right. So now what? how do we get the time lapse in here to see it? Really, really easy with Premiere. It used to be a lot harder to do it in Final Cut. Super easy in Premiere. So what we're going to do is we're going to go File, Import. And we're going to find on our desktop that truck lapse which we did truck laps too, but this is the one that we've already colored because I didn't want to wait on this one. So we're going to double click on that and we're going to make sure these files are in ascending order. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. In this case, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We're going to select that first image and then sometimes it'll be a little button right here that says image sequence. 
sometimes you have to option and then select image sequence then hit import boom there it is we're gonna drag it into our timeline and it looks really really little I'm gonna keep these settings because I'm gonna go in and adjust the size keep settings so see how big it is in our frame I'm going to go in here I can see my laps I'm gonna select it and I think it's like 35 yep 35 is right at it I think so I'm gonna change my size oh, it's a little bit smaller 35 30 yep it's 30 so scale it down to 30 so now it fits inside of my frame or you can use this uh, how big this image is to do some really cool stuff pushing in slides you know really focus on a certain area that you want all right now what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna select my in and out point once I've seen that that laps see I mean there it is it's not playing back in full quality because I've got it on quarter but I bet it won't play back in full so here we go yep there it is so we select our in and out points file export media and I'm going to match sequence settings and I'm going to call this Colorado truck laps and we'll put it on the desktop and I'll move it where I want so we do all that we told it it's when I say match sequence settings it's going to export the sequence settings that I set up in that template and we're going to hit export and honestly I know that is a extremely abbreviated version that is how easy it is to import a time-lapse in Premiere and then once I in this process really the only reason I do this is so I can get rid of all of those pictures the raw pictures and the color pictures now you can keep them it's up to you and, and sometimes like when I have a really cool lapse like this one I'll keep one or two images like for social media or to give whoever the client is um, but to keep like all those images you know it's a pretty sometimes it's you know 20 30 gigs and uh, see that's already done so we'll minimize that and here's our lapse done so now what I'll do is I'll got that lapse so now I can get rid of all of this stuff and I've got my lapse and it's done so that is the uh, that is the absolute quickest and dirtiest version on how to do how to import into Lightroom color sync settings bring it into Premiere and export it's gonna save you time and space and it's gonna make your time-lapse look that much better once you go into Lightroom and really start cleaning up that image you can do it as a raw image the file is going to be really, really big, and it's going to choke your computer down because when I export it out of uh, Lightroom, I've got it set as a JPEG, so the file is going to be a lot smaller. A lot smaller. Sorry, I can't talk. So you're going to use that size savings as well as getting rid of those other files to not only clean up the image, but make it easier to digest, I guess, in your computer. Um, that's something that I've... I've added that step of Lightroom just because of you know how much better it makes an image look, how much better it makes a time lapse look. Because you can go in into Lightroom and you can really crush those blacks. You can pull those whites up, especially for the stars if you're doing a night lapse, and you can really make those stars pop. You can change your color temperature. You can go in and edit certain parts of the video or certain parts of the uh, picture, and it just makes it once the image is finally finished. Oh man, it it makes it to where once it's compressed into your time-lapse 
it makes it that much better. So another question that I get, and I was kind of thinking through this as I'm talking, another question that I get is, in a time lapse, how many pictures do I need? Well, that's an easy question to answer, is how long do you want the lapse to be? And what I mean by that is every picture that you take is going to equal one frame in your time lapse. So what does that mean? That means if you're editing in 24 frames or if you're editing in 30 frames or whatever your sequence setting is, like those sequence settings I just edited to were in 24 frames. So I need 24 pictures to equal one second of video. So how many pictures do I need for 10 seconds of video? 240 pictures. I try and make my pictures, my time lapses, go at least 300 pictures. It's just a really good rule of thumb. The reason I do that is within that 10 seconds of video, some things could go wrong, like somebody comes in and pulls in your shot with a truck and headlights flare in there, or the camera could fog, or the clouds could roll in and ruin it. But within that 10 seconds, generally you're going to have three to five seconds of really solid time lapse to be able to use. And when I'm editing, I usually don't use more than that as far as a clip goes, more than three to five seconds. But another good thing is if you have a 10 second lapse, you can compress that down into three seconds and it goes really, really fast. Or you can find, like I said, that really good three to five second area where the stars were really bright or there was no clouds or there's nobody driving up and down the road or there's no light pollution or there's nobody running in front of the camera or whatever the case may be you find that really good section and now you can use it and it's at the right speed you see those stars moving or you see that whatever is in the background moving um, that's how I like to do it I like to try and get at least 300 images sometimes as far as a night lapse goes one of two things happens your battery dies or your the camera fogs up especially if it's cold outside I've done a lot of things to where I've like tried to tape um, hand warmers on the camera I've tried to set fans in front of the camera I've tried to put heaters near the camera I tried to put it under a shelter you know I've done everything there is to do to try and keep time lapses from fogging up and I really haven't found the perfect solution especially when you're in a remote location where you don't have access to a plug-in or a shelter or whatever the case may be so you just kind of it's kind of trial and error but my biggest thing or my biggest piece of advice for the time lapse is set up that frame to where it's a little more dynamic than just a, an open expanse put something in the foreground add movement and you know that's a that's a really big element especially when you get into time lapse is adding movement and that's a podcast for another day to try and explain how to add movement into the shots and you can do it in post you can put a motor on a slider you can you know there's a lot of different ways to do it but that's another way to make a shot dynamic and don't, don't necessarily try and get caught up in just doing night lapses day lapses are awesome too a lot of times on day lapses though you have to have something moving if you have a bluebird sky with no clouds and you try and do a night lapse or I mean a day lapse it's you know the lapse is only going to see some you know maybe some leaves moving or some trees shaking you've got to have those big white puffy clouds or you've got to have something in that lapse that's moving if that's a fire if that's people if that's animals if that's you know cars driving down the road or you've got to have something in the shot like a fence or something in the foreground that's going to show that movement over time 
So just remember that when you're trying to film the laps is to make it more dynamic, it's got to have foreground, it's got to have background, it's got to have mid-ground, it's got to have movement, it's got to have a lot of things. So just get out there and start shooting them. Go through Lightroom, clean up the image, bring it into Premiere, export it out, save yourself some space. I hope that helped. I hope this is something that will improve your lap shooting abilities. Uh, let me know if you have any questions, comments, concerns. I'm getting geared up to go to ATA show. I've got a uh, podcast set up with Casey Shootman. He's going to be doing one with me on self-filming. He's, uh, he's excited about it because he usually always gets to talk about deer management because he's a deer manager as well and a coyote trapper, which I'm sure we'll talk about that some, but he's excited to get to talk about the sport of self-filming. I'm going to try and catch up with some of my other buddies there and uh, work through a podcast with uh, Tim Inslee. Um, I don't, I, Walt has a texting back, so if Walt, if you're listening, text me back. I was going to see if I could get you to do one for waterfowl. Um, I'm sure I'll run into some other guys there that uh, if we get time, because it's so busy when we're there. If we get time, I'll try and sit down and knock out as many as I possibly can to try and get some more information to you guys because ATA show in terms of outdoor filmmaking and outdoor content creation, that is the, in my opinion, the mecca of it. You know, that's my, you know, those are my people. You know, the archery world, the hunting archery world, that's where we all come together once a year and I look forward to that show every year. So I'm getting geared up for that. I'm trying to plan some podcasting for it and uh, in the meantime i hope you guys enjoy this one let me know if you have any questions and i will see you soon